Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? And welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Pamela Bentley. And we're happy to have a poet who's a part of the Growing Room Festival, Yonina Curtin, in studio today. Hi, Yonina. Hello. So glad to have you back in studio with us. And uh, yeah, one of the reasons is because you're uh, part of the Growing Room Festival, which is uh, starting tomorrow and running through the weekend in Vancouver. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, but let's get you to start off with the poem, please. Sure. Well, I've just returned from Iceland. I was there in December. Uh, it was uh, an event that CV2 and Nuna Now put on, a collaboration. And it came out of uh, an issue that CV2 did on convergence, the converging of the Icelandic settlers and the local indigenous. So this poem is a result of that visit to Iceland, and it was my first time being there, so it was very profound. I am, I'm in Iceland, darling. They have poetry in the bathroom, <laughs> uncredited text on blocks of wood, cheeky commentaries on life, some chilling reminders that those who live on shifting ground take their poetry seriously. It is Christmas here. In the mall there is red, there is wool, some shiny objects, silver adornments for trees and tabletops. I find a coffee shop where I sit. I listen to words I do not understand. They feel familiar and I want to lean in. I do not know if my grandmother spoke these words. I do not know if I have heard this before. All I know is that I am leaning into her and that everywhere I go, I look for her face. I find her at a dinner party. She is pretty and I am glad to have met her young self. Would she have been single, a photographer, not a farmer with 17 children? This apartment could have been hers. The old furniture, the artwork passed down. My grandmother had nothing to give but love and a check for $200 carefully noted in her will. The cost of diaspora long forgotten. There are no accounting methods to track what was lost. Language the first to go. The passing down of heirlooms, some carved wood filled with the stories that were in the hands of the maker and now live on in the wood, a telling of another sort. 
My grandmother's mother came with nothing, not even a mother. Her father, reluctant to claim her, listed as nanny, not daughter, listed as nanny, not sister. Her mother, lost, went missing in the country where we take a drive. I look for her there. I am here to witness the past, to stand where my ancestors once stood, outdoor governing a gathering place named Alfingi, where the land, the gods, the little people honored. A short walk and there is magic waters, dark and deep, we share a coin, make a wish. The land is filled with silence, yet it never stops talking, tells me it knows me, that I belong to its past. The pristine snow and the heat of the earth brings geyser remembrances, the gushing of watery words made white hot by those who do not live brown. My skin erupts, steam escapes from my mouth, I feel the burning, the lava words of my aunties and uncles, the way they slow crawl just below my skin. I am a volcano on an island, I became my own island. I have always been between the wombs of my grandmothers, <coughs> offered two worlds, one with circles where we lay ourselves open to the warmth of the fire, the other a burning of another sort, both sides made strong by storytelling, by a connection to the land of their ancestors, each a reflection of circumstances, black sand beaches, sharp salt, cold water, Peninsulas pointing to Canada, where voyagers from both sides ventured. Some stayed. Both sides made strong by storytelling, by a connection to the land of their ancestors and to a place called Turtle Island. That was beautiful. Thank you. I love the um, imagining of the mother and grandmother and the grandmother and the grandmother's mother. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that she was listed as a nanny so because she was taking care of her younger siblings yeah my uh, grandmother's mother was the result of an affair with the master of the house so she had been the maid and so she stayed with that family because her mother went missing hmm. at some point oh, yeah. okay so that's so they the... brought her to canada with them and they brought her as the nanny Wow, such weird, not, I guess weird isn't the right word, but just such <coughs> tangents, like to have that happen, like mm-hmm. the to have that happen and then they coming here and then producing you and like how the odds yeah. of that, like if they had, if she hadn't have gone missing or if they hadn't have brought her, it's a, uh, we, you know, all, the, all these things that could have happened. All the variables, eh? yeah. there's so many. And that's what I was thinking if my grandmother, if they had stayed in Iceland, my grandmother would have been that woman's at the house that I was at. She looked just like my grandmother, and all the things that were around her were from her family, mm. and from and they were ancient, some of them, and it made me really sad to think that my grandmother had nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you said know. she came with nothing when here. Yeah, yeah, deep shame in that family over poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how much of this did you know before you went there, and how much did you find out when you did visit Iceland about your family? Well, some I knew because uh, my family has started going back to Iceland, and so they came back with um, written genealogy, support, you know, that tell crazy stories like that one of our ancestors is responsible for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> In what way? Well, he was, apparently his mom had an affair with this man who was my great uncle, I think, or great great uncle, I always forget. 
That's what the story uh. says. It's even in the newspapers huh. in uh, Iceland long ago. So, yeah, the stories were interesting, and that's where we found out that um, this uh, great-great-grandmother had gone missing. And I always wondered, you know, what happened to her? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be going missing in Iceland seems like a strange thing, <laughs> um, in a way. So whether she did that on purpose, maybe she just wandered off, yeah. or if something happened to her because she was an embarrassment yeah, to yeah. this man, this master. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? So there's lots of untold stories, but the language, I hadn't realized that my grandmother had an accent. Mm. I haven't been around a lot of Icelandic people, and my grandmother was the only one, really, and then her sisters and brothers, and of course, when I think back as a child, they had this accent, but I I didn't realize Mm -hmm. until I was in Iceland. Oh my gosh, that's an Icelandic accent. Right. Can you do an Icelandic accent? I cannot, and if I could, I could say my name so much better. Okay. Oh, it sounds so much nicer out of their mouth. (laughs) Is it more uh, of a sing-songy thing, or what does it sound like? I don't know how to describe it, to be honest with you. Um, It just sounds more solid. (coughs) Yeah. It's interesting how words feel in your mouth, right? And yeah. some words feel comfortable and some don't for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Well, Does it feel like ice? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there, I, there was a coldness to the place. Clearly, mm-hmm. we were there in December, but there's uh, cold is just the starkness, right? It's very mm-hmm. cold. It's the silence. There's more silence than mm. we are used to. Even the city seemed quiet to me. But and the people, and I learned something about my own my own family because I had thought that they were. Sometimes I thought they were kind of mean, <laughs> if I were to be honest. And what I understand now is that they're just no nonsense. That this is like survival, and that's partly what that line mm. is about. Um, people that live on shifting ground take their poetry seriously. They take their life seriously, mm. you know. And they are very um, ethical uh, around many things, which is you know other countries are not. Uh, but they are very serious people, it seems. The environment creates the personality in a way. I wonder about that. Now, I may be overgeneralizing. I didn't meet like all that many, but yeah. just the people that I did meet. I've read a couple of novels set in Iceland. One set way back, and it sort of, it, it kind of follows that having you know being the nanny and then being you know it was it was an actual case of a woman who murdered someone Mm -hmm. and I can't remember the name of the writer but that feeling of that starkness and the winter and the no nonsense like all those things you just described it just took me right back and when she published that novel everybody talked about how she had captured that and because it was a historical Icelandic novel it was even more it was like you then understood why people are like they are now right because of that history um yeah yeah, no it was a i wish i could remember the name of the novel i recommend it to everyone yeah sounds fascinating well it certainly made me understand my family a little bit better and Mm -hmm. i mean i come from such disparate cultures Mm -hmm. so the metis are constant laughing kidding that we don't take hardly anything seriously the people that my family anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my aunties didn't even get their house finished being built it didn't matter like it was half built and oh well <laughs> we'll get to that next year <laughs> <laughs> or next year next year next year next yeah decade. very different yeah um was your family indigenous to uh, iceland or did they move from somewhere else or did you uh, do you know much about that that's a very good question. I think they were there a long time. I don't know how long. I, I know that, I believe that they were at least 1,005 because I was told by someone who apparently knows genealogy that my family were some of the people that went to Lons de Meadows 
in Newfoundland, in a thousand, around a thousand. So they were the first Europeans here. They had the first European-born baby here, but they didn't stay. So they stayed five years and went back to Iceland. So I'm assuming it's a very long connection. Mm -hmm. And so my connection to Turtle Island is so fascinating because the French came here in 1680. So it's just like my people really wanted to, the other half of my people really wanted to be here, (laughs) the non-Indigenous. Yeah. I know you write a lot about in your poetry about family. So you're carrying all this into the poems you write. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still trying to understand how to weave weave these things together because to me it's a very complicated scenario that I've come from and many people have that but uh, mine is the extremes like extreme extremes so Mm -hmm. extreme poverty and then uh, the Icelanders became very successful they're very very wealthy they're you know they're Trump like <laughs> I, ho- I hope they're not li- I hope they're not listening and <laughs> uh, so have those beliefs and uh, yeah it's a really difficult place to be in between these two mm. sets of families that are very very different were you the only one of uh, your family from here going there or, or was did the other people go with you I went by myself okay. and I did get to meet a cousin of my mother's like a third cousin or something he was lovely he took me to his house he showed me where the little people live right he has this huge beautiful desk uh-huh. with a huge window and he's looking at where the little people live when you say little people what do you mean well I'm not exactly sure but what I understand is that they have little people there that some people can see and communicate Uh, with and that they have rules about where these little people live you do not build mm -hmm. anything there you do not so where where he looks out it will always be left that way pristine Ah, and he likes that yeah that's like uh, Ireland too has uh, parts of parts of the countryside is is like that you know whether it's leprechauns or you know or spirits or sprites or that sort of thing fin horn and all that type of stuff but yeah, apparently, even if they people who don't believe it, like not everybody in Iceland believes it, they honor the people that sure. do, and I wish we could do that here. Yeah. I think there's also some Salish history in, in terms of like little people, that everybody has a slightly different thing that they call yeah. it, but I, I uh, saw somebody writing about that just recently, yeah. that there are legends around little people in the woods. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need woods, I don't know, but... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's more, more woods than uh, it, Well, in, in Iceland, it's rocks. Yeah. <laughs> there was not, not a lot of woods. <laughs> there is some, but... That first line of the poem, mm-hmm. you, you were telling us a little bit about where that... that I'm in Iceland. Yes. They have poetry in the bathroom. Yeah, no, that I love that, too. <laughs> I love that they have the poetry, and then it's in blocks, right? Like, the shifting ground, and, but it's put into wood. I really like that. Con- yeah. But before we went on air, you were talking about how this poem came out of a uh, a partnering that you had to do, and you started with that I am in Iceland because oh, of that. Oh, yes, yeah. right, right. Well, I was part of Pandora's uh, poetic pairings, and I got paired with David Geary, a Maori writer, and he... And I were communicating, and I was in Iceland while some of our communication was going on about what were we going to uh-huh. write about. And I had a header in my the subject line that said, I'm in Iceland. And he thought that sounded like a great idea for a poem. So he wrote the funnest poem. I, like, it's one of the best things I've ever heard about me being in Iceland. <laughs> and he put it to that Jolene song. And he asked for forgiveness from Dolly Parton. And, <laughs> and it was just so sweet. He had me riding those little horses. <laughs> Which I would have loved to do, but I probably weigh more than they do. And <laughs> You're for the little people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just really, really sweet what he did. And so I wrote this one. And oh, he wrote, okay. 
and so that that was our pairing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mine was more of a serious. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. Icelandic nature came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, maybe that explains why I'm so up and down. Yeah, <laughs> serious and then not. Yeah. You never it's know what you're going to get. The convergence <laughs> yeah. that you're writing about. Um, so we were talking at the top that you're going to be part of the Growing Room Festival. How about yes. let's hear another poem first, and then we can chat about the festival. Yeah, another I poem definitely want to hear another poem. You've got like five books I here brought all kinds of things for options. Um, Good. I think what I should do is read this poem that was CV2, and it was uh, the po- one of the seven some of the poems that got me the trip to Iceland. Right. So CV2 did an issue, and then they ended up having a launch uh. in Iceland. So this one is titled The Bereaved, and it is looking at, um, sort of looking at Facebook and social media, and if you're using it as support, as I have, because I have fibromyalgia, so I'm home mm-hmm. a lot, and uh, my nephew, uh, who is my son, Uh, because he lost his parents he was very ill and now I'm on Facebook and thinking I can't share what I need to share because he's there as well so it's looking at the limitations of you know putting all your eggs in one basket (laughs) I guess in a way and the loss so it's called the bereaved magnetic resonance offers image exposes peril becomes a diagnosis becomes a sorrow Unattended, our needs inescapable, as they avalanche their way down our back, we turn to the web. How many will offer condolences, comment on web walls of wailing, tap, 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 thoughts through fingers of longing, as we pull on hearts strung too tight. The cords between us a hunger, insatiable, it feasts on sadness. As our regrets ruminate, we find ourselves alone with fingers on keys. We know that feelings cannot make their way across the web, but some empaths and poets find ways to make the distance shorter, while others offer to teach us how to meditate, to become fortunate via podcasts. Companions in pleasure, we seek to display ourselves in this mirage of tenderness as we ponder the velocity of words, the way they travel between us, forgetting that we are the doorway. We are this place of tension, of unattended sorrow. Lost in the economy of language, there is a cost not discussed. It remains hidden in the fine print of online relationships. Hmm. Nice commentary. Yanina Curtin is our guest today on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. You have another poem marked there in that book. Do you want to just go ahead and read another one? Oh, another poem? I have another one in another book. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Let's get some more poetry in there before we do some... Okay, I'm I'm up for that. Um, I think given what's been happening out uh, with the Colton, Bushi, and uh, Mm -hmm. Tina Fontaine, those things have been on my mind. I don't have anything written for Colton, but um, this piece could stand in for Tina. And it's about the red dress installation, mm-hmm. uh, red dress. And I had put a, a little red dress out on my balcony this one year, and it was kind of small. I went to buy, you know, a dress to put out, and I ended up with what would be a teenager's dress, probably. And then it hit me as I had the dress. Mm. I thought that's probably right. Yeah. So I think of Tina when I think of that dress yeah. now. So it's red dress. And it's for Jamie Black, who was the original artist that came up with the installation. 
Declared a day of mourning for the missing, I hang red dress on my balcony, go outside to look for others, nothing. All balconies clear of red, so I walk the streets hoping to find others. Few knew that I am one of the lucky ones, raped, never murdered, only parts of me are missing. Now sixty, I worry for the lost, for the lucky ones. Aware that porn producer once said, every day another girl turns 18. Mm. So many bus stops, truck stops with one-way tickets, grief cuts bone, the daily dismemberment of our hearts as our girls are manipulated, reported missing, and their loved ones left to drag rivers in Winnipeg while others walk highways of tears, where it has been said you can feel the spirits of the missing. And today in this city, on this day of mourning, their red dress arms empty. They wave to the cars that pass them by, on roadsides, on balconies, all reminders of what we are missing. Wow. Hmm. That's, that's from your book, An Honest Woman? It is. And that's a new book? It is. It's, it's from last year. Your most recent? Yeah, April. I haven't done very little to promote that book. Uh, my nephew was ill. Mm-hmm. He died in October. Yeah. We had a lot of care with him, and so the book kind of was being written while he was sick for the two years that he was sick. Mm-hmm. And then when it was launched, it kind of... <laughs> I just didn't have the energy. Yeah, mm. for sure. Well, thanks for sharing gonna, that. Yeah. Are you going to be reading from it at Growing Room? I'm not reading this oh, year. Oh, what are you I, doing? Tell I, us. I was invited to read, but I just felt like I've been reading... I read a lot over the last few years. I decided to co-host, so I'm the co-host of Indigenous Brilliance. Oh, okay. It's sold I'm volunteering at that incident at that event. Are you? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Um, should we talk about yeah, absolutely. Yes. Indigenous Brilliance? So this is part of the Growing Room Festival. It's a bit of a separate project as well. So uh, Patricia Massey had sponsored me at Word last year, and uh, so I met her. She's a book owner. Uh, Massey Books. She had sponsored me and she had talked to me about having an idea for an Indigenous women's reading series. And I thought, oh, Room Magazine should take mm-hmm. that on as yeah. well. So I suggested we partner. So this is how Indigenous Brilliance came to pass. And then Jessica Johns came on board. She, so her and I are the co-hosts. We've been putting this together with Room and Patricia Massey from Massey Books. So it starts on the March 2nd. We have quite a few amazing readers. Um, and of course I'm looking for their names and I can't see them here and we will be at the Native Education College for the first reading on March 2nd and from then on it will be at Massey Books new location which is 229 East Georgia and that's happening uh, right right now they're setting up the bookstore right? they're over there now going crazy trying to get it all ready it's nice, too, because it's a very close. Right? It's not that far. Like, it, she's going to be sort of in Chinatown, right? It's a, I think it's going to be a fantastic the, location. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm really happy that it'll be... I could go there between work and wax foot. I can <laughs> pick up a book. And she's planning on having lots of events, so it'll be a real hub. I've heard really good things about Massey Books and about Patricia Massey, so... And yeah. all the things that she's doing and all the community stuff that is being done. Um, so, did you get to pick the readers that are going to be part of the event or the two of you together or i did not this time um i i 
because again back to my nephew being ill I took a bit of a break so I was not part of the festival organizing as I had originally thought I would be so I took a th- about three months off so a lot happened mm-hmm. <laughs> while I was gone mm-hmm. and they selected who would be reading and uh, but I didn't know that I would be hosting and that I was involved in meetings as we yeah. got going are you going to continue to host the reading series after it moves to Massey Books and it's yes Nice. So it'll be Jessica Johns and I and Room and Patricia partnering, but Jessica Johns and I will be the host. Host, host, hostess. This is the launch of the series. That's great. Yeah, we're very excited. You know, we really wanted to center, you know, uh, Indigenous voices and feature, uh, and we do cis women, trans, trans and cis women, sorry, two-spirit and non-gender conforming writers is who we mean when we say women. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty open. And we will be having a call on the room website for people who want to read. So, yeah. Good. Good to know. exciting. We're hoping to get some voices that aren't normally heard because we do sometimes tend to get the same people over and over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is one reason why I didn't want to read. I've read so many times in the last two years and I love it and I'm very grateful every time, but it does start to feel like, oh, it's somebody else's turn, isn't it? Sure. (laughs) Did you find the, the list of readers? I ha- I'm searching for it. for it. Okay, well, while you're looking for it, I wanted to go back to that poem that you read about the red dress. <laughs> yes. Um, I love that very simple line where you say, I go out and walk the streets. And, I mean, of course, that, like, ties into all the other things. And then you say, I'm one of the lucky ones. But you bring in the you bring in porn and you bring in rape. You bring in standing beside the road and the chair. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not that long a poem. Mm-hmm. But you, it's it's sounds like it's just something that is lived with every day. This knowledge yeah. of that, and it gave me it, it gave me shivers when you were reading it. I really yeah. put me in that because, uh, like you said, um, we're all, when you said we're thinking of Colton Bushy and and uh, we're yeah. I mean we're all thinking of that, right? It's like, yeah. or I mean, I hope that most people are. Yeah, um, I hope so. it's very present, and uh, that poem makes it very present. Yeah, and there's and it's deceptively simple, you know, even just things like walking the street. Well, you can take that any yes. way you want. And but also the fact that there was no other red dresses yes. in my area alone, it just yeah. really lets you know that people are not necessarily aware or um willing to put out something like that. Yeah. And I think it's such a simple way to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. The uh, I'd forgotten about it this past year, but I've done it in pa- in years before that, mm-hmm. putting one out on the porch and had people comment on it and ask. And then when they've asked, then other people have put it out. So it's like yeah. that's how the word gets spread, right? That yeah. awareness. Yeah, and it's haunting, isn't it? Yes, I found the list of oh, who's good. that indigenous brilliance. I was trying to be organized. Mm-hmm. So guess who we have? It's going to be exciting. Joanne or not, one of my personal mm-hmm. favorites. Dear friend as well, Carly Baker, another dear friend and personal favorite. <laughs> Marie Ann Hart Baker, who I do not know well, but I know she's a powerhouse. Gwen Benaway, I cannot wait to meet her. I'm following her on Twitter. She's fascinating. Yeah. Selena Bone, and uh, oh, she's a fantastic, another fantastic writer. Molly Billows. Sharon Jinkerson Brass, this will be her debut as a uh, in the literary world. She's mm-hmm. a multimedia artist. Uh, and she's reading uh, from her issue, the issue, secret issue, family secret issue. Sorry. My mouth stopped working. Samantha Nock and Deanna Partridge-David and Bev Sellers. 
It's like you did pick it. Well, <laughs> so many of your people there, you want to hear and or like are well, already Well, that's true, there. but I and and of course it's quite a lot already in one evening. But there's others, and we're hoping to have funding to, when we expand and keep going to have funding to bring people from other parts of Canada as yeah. well. Well, Gwen is coming from away. Gwen and yes. And this part only because of room, mm-hmm. <laughs> growing room has the budget for that. But the the reading series may not. We're hoping to though. And you mentioned the family secrets. There's going to be a reading and a, a launch. Is it a launch or just a reading from on Saturday night at the brewery? The f- Saturday night is the launch of Family Secrets. And That's the, an issue of Room Magazine. Issue of Room Magazine. Thanks. I really need help with some of this. And uh, no, Sharon, you don't. It's a collaboration. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Sharon Jinkerson Brass will be reading then as well, and that's her debut in, uh, as a publishing credit, um, although she's very well known in the multimedia world. And I think Deanna Partridge-David, that I don't know if that's her first publishing credit, but she's certainly coming back after mm-hmm. 10-year absence. There's so many great titles. There's one, yeah. one um, event called uh, The Witches They Didn't Burn, or I know. another one laughing through our tears, like writing about trauma and using humor to do so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I probably just mentioned the ones that I'm going to. <laughs> but, I know. But yeah, I, I wanted to volunteer more, but I couldn't uh, fit in all the events I wanted to go and volunteer. So I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody needs to go and look that up. The festival website. Do you know the exact? Because I messed Just it up. Just Growing once. Room would probably find it. Yeah, you can find it. I'm sure if you did Growing Room, but roommagazine.com and then backslash festival. And then look and at the whole. Yeah. And so some things are sold out. So if, yeah. if it's a workshop, it's sold out. It's sold out is my understanding. Mm-hmm. But if it's a panel or a reading, it's a possibility, at the, a free event especially, that people have registered but may not come so that mm. you may still be able to Check get in. Check in at okay. a, just before yeah. it starts and see if you can get in. And it's just going to be an incredible weekend. It is. It yeah. is. And it starts tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, there's an opening night reception at the Fox Theatre. And then a performance by Vivek Shreya and their sister yeah cool it's pretty amazing so they're called two attached yeah i was trying to remember the name of the, <laughs> the group Me all too. right well thank you yonina for being our guest this afternoon we are pretty time. much out of time uh also you want to check out ubc slam travanis bilchin is featuring there this evening at benny's bagels uh starts at seven o'clock uh that's it for us again thank you so much and uh who's our guest next week um matea kulich Cool. So tune in for that here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?